right, Chris McGee coming up at uh, 8.30. A lot going on here around the station. Greg is just running everywhere. Greg is just everywhere right now. <laughs> Bergman in the house. All right, we got, uh, we got our top NBA stories. So the Houston Rockets, I got to give everyone a quick update here because there's a 20-game losing streak going on with the Houston Rockets, and I want to play something. Uh, this was from yesterday and maybe some positive news for the Rockets. Uh, take a listen to this. This is the head coach of the Houston Rockets, Stephen Silas, yesterday um, responding to the 20th loss in a row for the Rockets. Got over there, Curtis? Hey, Coach. Uh, tough one as the streak kind of continues. Hey, uh, Did you feel your team getting you know tied at all down the stretch? Do you feel like the weight of these losses is kind of building? Okay, had some uh, – first it was technical issues, and then that was literally his response. That's I mean, how quiet he was. Yeah, he Silas was – you feel so bad for this guy. I've heard John say this a couple of times. Sedano put out a good tweet. I think it was yesterday. You feel for the dude. This is his first year, first opportunity as a head coach. Been in the NBA for a long time. Gets his opportunity. Remember, when he came to the Rockets, Curtis, Westbrook and James Harden were still there. I'm not saying you're going to go win a championship, but they're a respectable team in the Western Conference. Was that like three years ago? That was uh, Something pro- like that? probably about four months ago. Oh, three months ago. Yeah, Uh, it It, it all blends together. But but no, doesn't it seem like you know? Doesn't it seem like Westbrook, James Harden? It doesn't seem that long ago that they were on the Rockets. He comes, Silas. You know, obviously takes over. uh, Mike D'Antoni not there anymore, and uh, Daryl Morey not there anymore. So Houston completely rebuilding, and this poor guy has to uh, you know obviously go through a twenty game losing streak. And I'm not saying that you know you don't blame the coach or anything like that. Everybody's responsible when you have that type of a losing streak, but they don't got much from a roster perspective. I want to read something off because pregame show today, um, Raptors and the Rockets, Coach uh, Silas was talking before the game, and he said he's getting some encouragement. So he says, the thing that's been really cool over the last 24 hours is I've heard from Doc Rivers tell me about his 18-game losing streak one year and then winning the championship the following year. I heard from Don Nelson, who said he had those moments and those times and those long losing streaks he went through as well, and that he's the winningest coach in NBA history. I had calls from Steve Kerr, Luke Walton, all those guys, not to mention all these assistant coaches and mentors of mine, Doug Collins. I don't really know Doug Collins that well. He started his career off 3-13 and and fought through, and he's Doug Collins, one of the best coaches in NBA history. So... Kind of a really cool moment for Silas. Goes through that really low point last uh, last night after they lost their 20th game in a row, which, by the way, ranks them amongst 10 worst uh, losing streaks in NBA history. So, they, you know, they're breaking some history here, losing 20 games in a row. And I don't say that joking around. I'm being, you know, honest. That That's how bad this losing streak has been. And then he's got all this encouragement that comes from other coaches around the NBA. I love Doc Rivers telling the story that he had an 18-game losing streak, won a championship the following year. So a lot of the coaches reaching out to him. And oh, by the way, I don't know if there's a connection to this, but the Rockets are up 101-90 to with six minutes left in the fourth quarter. They may break that 20-game losing streak. So uh, um, maybe things start turning around for Steven Silas and the Houston Rockets, but I thought that story was... Quite interesting there, Curtis. Um, Okay, another uh, story I want to get into. So we've heard a lot about Lonzo Ball. NBA trade deadline's coming up on Thursday. So Lonzo Ball's not the only name. You've heard Andre Drummond, LaMarcus Aldridge. You've heard Hassan Whiteside, JaVale McGee. 
uh, PJ Tucker, Trevor Ariza, those guys already off the uh, off the, off the board. Victor Oladipo's name. You, you've heard a lot of different names, but Lonzo has been a name as well. Stephen A. Smith earlier today. I do want to play this, talking about Lonzo and what would be a better fit, the Clippers or the Golden State Warriors. Take a listen. He would be a better fit on the Los Angeles Clippers, not the Golden State Warriors. I think that even though you're talking about the potency of the greatest shooting backcourt man has ever seen in Klay Thompson and Steph Curry, assuming they're both healthy on the court with them, I have religiously had a problem with Lonzo Ball's aggression. Now, this year, it's improved dramatically. He's averaging 14 a game. He's shooting 38% from three-point range, about 42% from three uh, from, from the field. We get that. But the reason why we're praising him is because it's such an upgrade compared to what we have seen. He saw his little brother come into the league, taken by storm. God bless his son, LaMelo, who broke his wrist, according to reports. That's a bad He's going to be out for the season, probably going to cost the rookie of the year honors, which means Anthony Edwards is going to get it. But the point is this. LaMelo comes into the league, and LaMelo is aggressive. LaMelo don't give a damn what anybody got to say. He going for it. Lonzo has been passive, and I don't believe anyone who is passive in any way on the offensive side of the ball should be on the court with Steph Curry and Klay Thompson. I don't find you Lonzo passive. Listen, you got, you got Draymond. Draymond is your point forward, okay? You don't need Lonzo as much as the Clippers do. Kawhi Leonard has been crying for a point guard behind the scenes. He desperately needs one. That's not the case with Golden State. I'm not arguing. And don't take the ball out of Steph Curry's hands either. All right, that's Stephen A. with Kellerman. Uh, Max didn't get a word in there. Max was trying to get a word in. He couldn't get a word in. Um, <laughs> Curtis, I, I, I'll tell you this. Um, you know, I, I've said this multiple times. I'm a fan of Lonzo's game. I am. I think it's unique to have a player that wants to play defense and wants to pass the ball. That's not a combination you hear quite often in the NBA. Does he have flaws? He does have flaws, but so do other players. A lot of players who don't play defense and don't know how to pass the ball. So, um, you know, you can't just say, well, look at all Alonzo's flaws and not mention, you know, his strengths. And obviously his strengths are, are those two that I mentioned. Between the Warriors and the Clippers... I don't want to see him go to the Clippers. I actually, I'd, I'd hate to see him on either one of those teams. I, I don't want to see Lonzo on either one of those teams. Clippers need him more because the Golden State Warriors have shown they can win a championship with Steph Curry as their point guard. And I understand what Stephen A is trying to say. I mean, I, I understand what other people try to say. Michael even mentioned this. Can you imagine Lonzo bringing up the ball? He's got Clay to his left and Steph to his right, and you just got these potent shooters. You got somebody to deliver the ball. Clippers need him more than I think the uh, Warriors do. How about he goes to like the Kings or something? How about that? No, back with Luke. <laughs> right, if he went maybe. back to Luke, if we if he went back with Luke, can you hear Lavar already? He's already yelling. Loss. By the way, that interview that Lavar had with Mason Island last week, uh, and in a little bit, Jerry West was on with Mason Island, so I'm going to play some of that in a little bit, uh, talking about Elgin Baylor. But um, he was on with Mason and Ireland. Thompson, Michael Thompson was chiming in as well. I don't get it. I don't get the, you know, you got to get him out of New Orleans. I, I mean, I, I just cannot, that can't be good for the organization when you have a father as the mouthpiece. And I'm a fan of LeVar. I really am. I think he's. I think his, his sons have been unbelievable so far in the NBA. We're going to get to LaMelo Ball here in just a second, but they've been great. And uh, I just think he puts his kids in a really tough predicament and organizations in a tough predicament. Yeah, and they let him keep doing it too. Even, even but what they, are they supposed to say to him? Yeah, it's I not even know. like it's not even like they let him do it. I don't think they can do anything about it. You know, so um, okay to to kind of roll off of that. You heard uh, Max and Stephen A. also um, mentioned something about Lamelo Ball. So Lamelo, this is a tough one. This is uh, you know we got a chance to see Charlotte on um, 
we got a chance to see Charlotte last week. I think it was on Thursday. It was our first opportunity to see LaMelo live, at least for me, and I'm sure a lot of Laker fans, you actually got to sit there for 48 minutes and watch LaMelo ball. Um, dude's got a just an incredible future ahead of him. You know, yes, he, he's going to make mistakes right now, but um, just has a great feel for the game, uh, enjoys taking that big shot when he needs to, is a fantastic passer, is somebody willing to get in there and grab rebounds? I mean, how are you as a rookie averaging 16, 6, and 6? And I think as a starter, those numbers are closer to 19, 7, and 7. Uh, maybe still in the sixes, but that's how good he's been in his rookie year. So he is out, expected to miss the rest of the season, suffers a broken right wrist. Have you, Curtis, have you watched, have you caught yourself watching any Charlotte games this year other than that one uh, game the Lakers played against them? No, I only see LaMelo highlights on Instagram, basically. So this is what's kind of funny to me because – House of Highlights. Yeah. What, what's funny to me is out of all people, you know, early on in the season, Michael Thompson goes to me. He's like, yeah, you know, uh, I enjoy watching the Charlotte Hornets. I'm like, what? He's like, yeah, I have the league pass. I'm watching the Hornet games. I'm like, why are you watching the Hornet games? I know LaMelo's on there, but I just didn't know early on in the season it was must-watch TV. So Michael kind of turned me on to keeping an eye out for uh, for Charlotte, but – I still have not, you know, watched obviously full games. They got a bright future. Just disappointing because you want a team like that to get in the playoffs, lose, get that experience. Lamelo won't get that opportunity this year. And I also feel bad for Lamelo because he, uh, I mean, at least in the last couple years, he he's he's literally done everything right that he could. I mean, he you know he he put his head down when he went across overseas and just did his job and stuff. And to see it end this quickly like that after the hype got to its peak yeah. is really disappointing. Well, he's got – dude's got an unbelievable future in front of him. Um, okay, quick update. Rockets now up 15 on the Raptors. Rockets about to celebrate tonight. 20-game losing streak might get snapped. Uh, USC demolishing Kansas, by the way, 55-33. to 33. Wow. Uh, 55-33, to 33, just to throw that score out. And the only other score that matters in the NBA right now is our Atlanta Hawks are up on the Clippers 63-48. to 48. Our Atlanta Hawks. Our Atlanta Hawks. If Hawks win, if they end up beating the Clippers, then I'm going to do a Hawks postgame show tonight. You and I are staying on until 11, Curtis. Do you okay. have the gear? <laughs> no, I do not. Uh, I'll go get myself a Dikembe Mutombo jersey. Um, all right, that's our uh, top NBA stories. When we come back, there are a lot of names affiliated with the Lakers right now. Let's, uh, let's take a look at what names we think are realistic uh, Laker fans, if you're out there and you think the Lakers should make a trade by Thursday's January or January March 25th trade deadline, uh, shoot me a call 877-710-ESPN. What Laker or what player out there do you think the Lakers should be aggressive to go get? How much does LeBron James being, um, you know, out for? Still don't know how much time. At least let's say three to four weeks, something along those lines. I'm just going off what Woj said. Um, how much of a importance does it become now to go make a move so that you don't just plummet in the NBA standings? All that coming up next. Uh, stay right here. This is Lakers Talk on 710 ESPN. All right, uh, Valvoline Instant Oil Change. By the way, their partnership, Harris's partnership, we greatly appreciate all the partners here on Lakers Talk. Valvoline Instant Oil Change, home of the 15-minute drive through oil change. Visit SoCalOilChange.com for locations and coupons today. Go on the website, SoCalOilChange.com. They have different type of specials going on um, on a day-to-day basis. You can find a, a, a Valvoline Instant Oil Change nearby your house, so there's really no excuse. If that light is on and you need to get the work done, make your life very simple. Go to visit 
uh, or go to SoCalOilChange.com for locations and coupons today. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. All right, Lakers uh, trying to survive here without uh, Anthony Davis and without LeBron James. Hopefully we get some updates soon on how long those two players will be out for. LeBron obviously out indefinitely. Anthony Davis reevaluated this upcoming Friday. Hopefully we get an update on that. Uh, Lakers, Pelicans tomorrow. Zion, Brandon Ingram, Lonzo Ball. Um, and a lot of conversation uh, coming up to the trade deadline this Thursday and a lot of conversation around the Lakers. So I'll throw this out to Laker fans. 877-710-ESPN. Some of these names that have been rumored around the Lakers – uh, who do you think would be a good fit? Do you think the Lakers have to make some kind of a trade before that trade deadline um, simply because LeBron and AD might be out for a while? And what's that going to do for the Lakers in the standings? I'm sure it's uh, it's going to be brutal. Um, and that's not to, you know, obviously disrespect any of the players that are on this team. No, this team is built around two superstars. Any team that you lose that type of significance, you're obviously going to uh, be in a in a tough stretch here, and the Lakers are going to be in that stretch. So these are the names that have been affiliated with the Lakers. Um, I've heard JaVale McGee's name. I've heard Andre Drummond's name. LaMarcus Aldridge. Hassan Whiteside. Miles Turner last week we talked about. So let me kind of break it down a little bit. Lakers obviously need size, no question about it. Size is going to be something that the Lakers have to address, and especially after deciding Damian Jones is not going to play out the rest of the year for the Lakers, it means the Lakers got two roster spots, and they have to be thinking in their mind, okay, we can do better than Damian Jones, because Damian Jones didn't do anything to not earn that spot. He didn't. He did nothing wrong. Coach mentioned this as well. That guy played good enough, played with enough energy in those 10, 15 minutes that he get in a game, uh, was a rim protector, was a shot blocker, grabbed some rebounds, couple lobs. That's exactly what you're looking for from a guy like that. And by the way, if you thought it was Marcus All, Anthony Davis, Montrez Harrell, and Damian Jones, if that was worst case scenario, everybody's healthy, take those four guys into the playoffs, that's not a bad mix. You know, I think he kind of offered something that obviously Laker fans have been looking for. Um, but now that we know there's a couple roster spots available, I'll go down the list. I think the, you know, obviously the gold standard for me, you guys have heard me on the show probably a number of different times talking about it. Um, Andre Drummond is the cream of the crop. That's the home run. If you got Andre Drummond in the buyout market, um, I'll take my chances, obviously, against any team in the... Well, I'll take my chances either way, but that's just the... You hit a home run. Um, it's not only just Andre Drummond coming to the Lakers. It would also be the fact that, let's say, he didn't go to the Nets, or he didn't go to the Clippers, or he didn't go to the Boston Celtics. I think that comes into play as well, that not only did you get a player like that, but another team did not get that player. So I'm on I'm on the full board if Lakers got Andre Drummond. What a what a moment it be what a moment it would be, what a situation it would be. Um we saw this last week. Mark Stein reported Lakers feel uh they felt like there's some optimism potentially if he was bought out. Um and, and we've heard that name um, you know, obviously rumored around Lakers, around the Nets, Clippers, Boston. So it, 
Cleveland would love to trade him. I think we're coming to a realization that that's probably not going to happen. So if he is available in the buyout market, we'll see if the Lakers can become a big player on that front. Okay, a couple other names that we've heard. Hassan Whiteside, I've heard that name a couple times. So Whiteside might be, you know, that might be an easier target to get. Now, that's not a guarantee that Laker fans want to see him on the roster. I think he's, you know, he's a question mark. The potential is there. If that's a backup center that you got coming off the bench, that size, that ability to, you know, obviously kind of man the middle. The question's always going to be with Hassan Whiteside. Um, does he want to be here? Does he want to sacrifice for the team? Um, is he mature enough to be on a, a championship contender I think those are all fair questions. And with Whiteside, he's only making, I want to say, $2.3 million. So you can find a way to get Hassan Whiteside. You know, whether that's in a trade, buyout, whatever the case is, it's not like you're dealing with the 20 plus million that you got to deal with for Lamarcus Aldridge or 20 plus million you got to deal with when it comes to Andre Drummond's contract, just to use those uh, as examples. Okay, another name that we've heard. You know, last week we heard that Miles Turner uh, rumor. And Miles Turner makes $18 million this year and for the next three years. So you obviously, you or I'm sorry, for two years after this year. So the only way you could get Miles Turner, that's got to be a legitimate trade. That's got to be a trade that goes down. So you'd have to give up, you know, obviously some of your pieces. The money's got to work out. So maybe it's a, maybe it's a Montrez Harrell or it's a Kyle. Cause it, that's not a, we just grab a player in the buyout market and we just add a, uh, add a piece. Um, LaMarcus Aldridge, uh, Shams uh, Sharania um, put out a uh, a report that if he is bought out, the leading suitors would be Miami, Portland, or Boston. So Lakers don't look like they would be on a list of uh, of on uh, for LaMarcus Aldridge. Doesn't look like they would be a potential on that one. And then the last one out there that you've heard the name is Javale McGee. You know, Javale is. Certainly a player there doesn't have to be any conversation. Um, obviously won a championship with the Lakers, was here for two years, and was part of a trade to bring Marcus Gasol here. Um, that one would be more complicated, the path to get a guy like JaVale McGee, JaVale McGee. First he'd have to be traded and then bought out, and then the Lakers can go make a run for JaVale McGee. So those are the names that we've heard. You know, I, 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 will, I will say this. Size is the most important thing, and I think things have changed for the Lakers uh, since the um, since the LeBron injury. But um, I don't know if the strategy from the Lakers is going to be just you know keep your head above water before these guys come back, or no, we got to go be aggressive and go make a move. Let me play something here real quick from Brian Windhorse. Um, you know he's talking about uh, seating wise, and I'm going to spend a little time on this as well. So. Let's just say Lakers start falling in the seeding. And here they are sitting at third right now. When LeBron went down with that injury against the Hawks, they were in the number two spot. If the Lakers start plummeting seeding-wise, I think every Laker fan would agree. Is it ideal? Absolutely not. But in a weird way, if they're still obviously in the playoff mix and let's say they're a sixth seed or a seventh seed or an eighth seed, would it be that big of a deal that the Lakers find themselves in a position where, um, you know, they fall in the standings, but LeBron James and Anthony Davis come back healthy and LeBron James and Anthony Davis come back fresh? Think about that for a second there. 
I mean, all we've been talking about with LBJ and Anthony Davis, just be healthy for the playoffs, just be healthy for the playoffs. What if they're healthy for the playoffs and they're fresh? I mean, LeBron getting 30 days off or something, whatever it ends up being, right? Just throwing out a number. We don't we don't know how long he's going to be out for. But in the middle of the season, if LBJ just takes a month off or has a month off and then comes back with 30 days left to go, yeah, I'm, I'm sure no team in the NBA would want to play the Lakers. Take a listen to Brian Windhorst on uh, the most important seed. The most important seed in the West is now the number six seed because the six seed is where you are when you avoid the play-in tournament. And that is where everybody is going to want to be, including the Lakers. The Utah Jazz have got to be slapping their heads because they're in the number one seed position. But if the Lakers fall back here, and by the way, they're, all, they're a bad week from being out of the top six. And that's not anything about them. They're second right now, but they're four games from being seventh. And if they fall that far back, they would have to be in the play-in tournament, which means they would not possibly play the number one or number two seed in the first round. Not to mention those teams in the in the play-in zone face maybe the Lakers backing up to them with LeBron James and Anthony Davis roaring through there. So all of a sudden, you've got teams in the top hoping that the Lakers avoid the play-in tournament. You've got teams in the middle saying, can we pass the Lakers to get in? And now the sixth seed, potentially you avoid the Lakers and potentially avoid the top seeds in the in the West. So the sixth seed becomes the most important thing. You know how bad of luck that would be for the rest of the NBA and whoever is sitting in the if Lakers ended up a six seed, and let's say Clippers are number three, can you imagine that, Curtis? The Clippers would have to play the Lakers in the first round, and if LeBron James and Anthony Davis are healthy, can you imagine if Phoenix ends up in the third seed? Or Denver? Or, I mean, it doesn't matter. Okay, let's say Lakers drop to, you know, um, Brian Windhorst is mentioning right there, you don't want to be that seven or eight because then you got to play in that playing tournament or whatever the case is. You think Lakers care about that? I really don't think they, they give a you-know-what. I think every single team out there is going to be sitting back and saying, we played all season to work this hard just to you know have the best seed possible, and we got the freaking Lakers in the first round. That could happen. I think Brian had a good point there. It's nobody's fault. I mean, obviously, the Lakers... When he says that they could go on one bad losing streak, they could lose, you know, four games in a row, which is not unrealistic when you don't have these players. They could lose four games in a row and all of a sudden drop to a six or a seven seed or whatever the case is, probably more realistically six. Um, that can definitely happen. But if uh, I'll kind of stand by this, just get the freaking Lakers healthy at the right time, and and I think every Laker fan will take uh we'll, we'll take our chances. Pack your victory dance and go all in on fun at Harris Resort SoCal. From dining to unwinding, fun is a sure bet at the best resort in Funner, California. i got to get back out there. I've been out there a couple times. Beautiful resort. Beautiful resort. Palomar Mountain is uh, the area that they call it. So um, it's east of San Diego and just uh, a great location, very quiet. I mean, a chance to really kind of uh, catch your breath, I guess you can say. So if you're looking to uh, get some type of vacation, you don't want to get on a plane, Harris Resort Zo- SoCal is the way to do it. Are you game for a getaway? Start planning your trip by visiting harrissocal.com. When we come back, we got Chris McGee, studio host for the Lakers pre- and post-game shows on Spectrum Sportsnet. Get his thoughts on the position that the Lakers are in, um, he's had a lot of interaction with Elgin Baylor uh, in the past. I know interviewing him one-on-one, so we'll continue uh, to talk about and uh, honor the the late, great Hall of Famer and legend Hall, uh, Elgin Baylor. Do all that coming up next. This is Lakers Talk on 710 ESPN. Ten seconds on the clock. How many things can you name that are always growing? Your relationships, your skills, your customer base. 
How about businesses on Shopify? Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage, to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash network, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash network now to grow your business. No matter what stage you're in, shopify.com slash network. Back to Lakers talk. Very, uh, very happy to have Chris McGee on. Geeter, studio host for the Lakers pre and post game shows on Spectrum Sportsnet. Uh, Chris, thank you for taking some time, man. How are you doing? Love coming on, Alan. Uh, I'm doing great, man. Uh, things are good. You know, obviously, uh, Lakers are in, in some different times right now with some injuries, but uh, life is good, man. Well, I'm, I'm going to get to Lakers in just a second. Um, obviously, uh, today, earlier today, the passing of the great, the legend, Hall of Famer Elgin Baylor. Um, you know, it's, it's interesting because... When I do the pregame show with Michael Thompson, Michael's trying to educate me on some of the greats that have played in the game prior to when I was watching Lakers basketball, before I was watching the NBA. Um, you've actually had some sit-downs and opportunities to be one-on-one with Elgin Baylor. Uh, would love to just get some of your interaction and, and the type of person and the type of player that we should remember today. It was interesting, Alan. I remember the first time I ever sat with Elgin, and it kind of brought me back to my childhood, you know, growing up in the eighties, you know, fan of Showtime and, and, and just being born into to being a Laker fan. My brother, uh, my dad was a huge Laker fan. So he always talked about Elgin Baylor and never watched Elgin play. And I just kind of remembered, you know, Chick would always reference hmm. Elgin Baylor um, during broadcast. So I felt like I knew Elgin. And then, you know, I started working with Big Game James and, and Robert Ory and those guys would reference Elgin. So he just had this, you know, aura about him. And, and when I met him, I was just kind of blown away at just how, how nice he was, uh, how present he was, um, you know, asking how I was doing and about my family. And he's just truly one of the great ambassadors of the game. I think Chris Paul had a great tweet today. that said, you know, we lost one of our pillars today. Hmm. And, and I think that's just what he is. He's an OG. He's a legend. But he's also, you know, a guy that just carried himself with class always, uh, always rooted for everyone and just beloved. You know, it's crazy, Chris. Um, you know, you look back and we'll go look at his stats. And I, I think there's a lot more people that will do more research on Elgin Baylor today. Uh, and unfortunately, because, you know, you want you want these individuals to get their love and to get their shine, obviously, while, while they're still with us. But it just naturally happens where you say, well, let me I, I'm curious to see some of his stats and, and things along those lines. Guy had years. Just imagine if there was a player today who averaged 34 points and 19.8 rebounds. This guy was a small forward, right? He's six foot five. I mean, it just it makes you think for his career. His career, he was 27 and 13 a game. I mean, it's it's pretty incredible. And you know, we see some of the stats that some players put up um, in today's game, and you know, they don't rival anything of what Elgin Baylor was doing back in the days. I know, and you know what else is, is interesting? You know when you watch certain guys, like, you know those two-minute Magic Johnson clips will pop up every now and then, and mm-hmm. you'll be like, man, those highlights still stand up today. Mm-hmm. Like, people aren't doing that today. You know, it doesn't look like an old-school game. The guy's doing stuff that still no one does. Elgin Baylor's the same type of guy. You know, big game, and those guys talk about it all the time. People were trying to emulate them throughout their uh, emulate him throughout their careers. You know, he stood the test of time, and those kind of numbers are – can you imagine Twitter? When a guy's averaging 34 and 19, come on. 
Uh, no, I can't. I really can't. I mean, we would obviously be given so much love. Now, you know, somebody gets a triple-double. Obviously, it's a big deal, but there are players. And Michael, again, Thompson always talks about somebody has a big game. He's like, you know, Wilt averaged 50 and 20-plus. Yeah. You know, it's just some of those comparisons you just you can't make. Um, 40 rebounds in a game. Oh, my gosh. Uh, Chris McGee, uh, Geeter, joining uh, Lakers Talk. Um, Chris, I, I, I kind of try as best as I can here to transition to what's going on with the Lakers today and just get your thoughts on it. So there's obviously a ton of excitement just a couple days ago, thinking the Lakers are starting to get into a groove. They're starting to learn how to play without LeBron James. Um, and now no LeBron, no Anthony Davis, and we're not sure how long it's going to be the case for. What, what, what do you think, you know, looking at individual players – how do Lakers stay in games? How do they um, uh, stay above 500 in this stretch without these players? What do you think has to happen? What players specifically are, are you keying in on? I think it's a great question. I, I'm, I'm going to take it a couple different ways. First of all, it's really difficult to play without LeBron and AD because your team is built around two superstars, and you have pu- uh, pieces of the puzzle that fit. So now you have to change your style of play. Um, you know, I think Dennis Schroeder brought up a good point in our post-game show last night. There's got to be better ball movement. Um, it's got to be more of, uh, you know, guys kind of breaking down the defense, penetration pitch, swinging around, get open shots. you got to play selfless basketball. But it also starts on the defensive end. You have to be able to lock people down and still defend without two of your best defensive players. But two guys that keep coming to mind for me, and, and, and it's not that I'm picking on them, or, or being too critical, but I looked at last night's game, and the effort was there, uh, 100%, Al. I mean, they, they played hard, right? Mm-hmm. But when you look at them going 5 for 25 from 3, 67% from the free throw line, and you look at the line of a guy like KCP or Wes Matthews, and, you know, if they have a poor night uh, when LeBron and AD are there, or say Caruso has a poor night, or Kuzma, uh, it, it, it doesn't matter sometimes. You still win games and you don't think about it, you move on. But it gets heightened and it gets magnified when you don't have a guy like LeBron James and Anthony Davis both playing. So collectively, they have to play well, Alan. That's the bottom line. they got to shoot the basketball well, and guys that have to step up. Dennis has to become a 1A. Kuz has to become 1B. I mean, they have to be giving you 15 to 20 every single night, and, and they have to be efficient. And, and that's the only way they're going to win games. I think it's possible. I think they're going to figure it out, and I think they'll float around that 500 mark maybe even better because I believe in what they have. But, but it's not going to be easy, that's for sure. Uh, Chris McGee, studio host for the Lakers pre- and post-game shows on Spectrum Sportsnet, taking some time to join Lakers Talk. Chris, I think you hit it on the head. I mean, here's the reality. There's no margin for error. So guys that um, you know can go a couple games without really having much of an impact from a stats perspective, there's, there, there is no margin of error now. So Kuz, THT, Markeith Morris, and – or I'm sorry, Montrez Harrell and Dennis Schroeder, they're pretty much – there's every single game they have to play great basketball. But it's those other guys, even if all four of those guys play great, you still need contributions from Wes Matthews, Alex Caruso, KCP. I think the threes was a great thing to point out. If you go five for 25 um, – you know, it's going to be tough to win games, let's just say that, in the stretch. Granted, the good thing is you're not going to have to play Phoenix every single night. We know that that's obviously a solid team in the Western Conference. Um, yeah, for sure. Uh, Chris, I, I, one of the questions I'm curious about, I don't know if this is if this is me just trying to be positive here, but let's just say, you know, at some point, 30 days from now or whatever the case is, LeBron and Anthony Davis come back. Can, can this be a situation or a predicament where – 
those two guys can be incredibly fresh for that stretch run. I mean, can we be looking at this where, you know, we, we just might be fortunate that these injuries fell in February and March rather than later on in the season? I think you bring up a good point. Um, it's funny you say that, Alan. I randomly thought about that the other day, kind of uh, yesterday before a pregame show. I was just kind of sitting there thinking like to myself, you know, one way to maybe spin this is – Oh, sorry. We got to close the door. <laughs> sorry, Alan. You're good. You're good. Okay, we're good. Sorry, buddy. We got, we got <laughs> Listen, uh, you know, I was trying to. I don't know if I was selling myself on it, but I was. I was thinking of like, you know, there's always a silver lining, right, Alan? I know you're a positive guy. You come on our shows, and I love that about you. And you're also shooting straight with Laker fans. Here's the deal: if they can float around 500 mm-hmm. or float around there and and get themselves in a decent position, and you get. AD and LeBron back playing well, those guys are going to be way more fresh than they've been all year. Oh, yeah. They're going to be rested and ready and recharged. So I think it's a great way to look at it. Now, they still have to be in position, and that's the bottom line, right? Like, I think what scares people is you look at – you just look at where they are in the standings, and, you know, they've banked a lot of wins, which is great. But, man, isn't there a huge traffic jam behind them? And they're just not that far ahead – where you feel comfortable. And I think that's where people might get a little nervy. But I think they're going to be fine. I mean, what I'm kind of looking at is, listen, guys are going to get extra run. They're going to get more shots. They're going to feel comfortable. They're going to start playing better. And then you're going to get LeBron and AD back fresh. Hmm. Let's go. And if they're fresh, Alan, I don't care if they're an eight seed, a seven seed, I'm with you. six seed, five seed, whatever they are, man. If they're fresh, let's go. I mean, that's the thing, right? When you're when you're kind of doing it for the first time, like it's the first time in a long time the Lakers were, were in that position last year, it's important to get the one seed, right? You have goals. They all have goals to be the one seed. I don't think the Lakers have that goal anymore. Once you win a championship and you're trying to defend, Alan, those things don't matter anymore. Mm-hmm. It's about being healthy and playing well. In the, the case, who wants to play the Lakers? Chris, I, I think there's a lot of Laker fans that would agree with you, and it's not ideal. Nobody's saying that this is the predicament you want the Lakers to be in, but the 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 reality is if we get to the point where we're closer to May and the Lakers team is healthy and they're obviously in a decent spot in a playoff picture, I'm with you. Who cares? Seven seed, eighth seed, sixth seed, or maybe they're even able to kind of stay in that top four or top five, but regardless, nobody's going to want to play the Lakers if they're healthy, and uh, and that's the reality of it. So, uh, Chris? Alan, you know what I used to tell my teams? Alan, you know what I used to tell my teams? What's that? When when maybe we weren't a great seed, mm-hmm. I would always say, like, say you're a seven seed or a six seed. Mm-hmm. What a terrible draw. For the two and three seed to play us, right? Can, can like, you can you imagine? Well, can you imagine if if well, Phoenix yeah. or the Clippers are sitting top three and they got Lakers in the first round? Yeah, you work that hard, <laughs> so that's the way I always tell it. Like, oh wow, we have to play. Well, what about them? They're mm-hmm. gonna play you. Mm-hmm. There's no way anyone wants to play the Lakers. Chris, uh, always appreciate always appreciate your work on Spectrum Sportsnet. Uh, as always, your insight and taking some time to join the show. Uh, thank you for doing this, bud. Hey, man, I appreciate you, and so does the carpool, and keep doing your thing, bro. <laughs> All right, that's Chris McGee right there uh, from Spectrum Sportsnet. Um, yeah, throw us wherever. doesn't matter. doesn't matter what seed it is uh, at this point. We just want to see the Lakers get healthy, and uh, at some point when LBJ and Anthony Davis are back, no team in the NBA is going to want to play the Lakers. So that's, uh, I guess, the, the most positive way that we can look at it. Okay, I got some score updates when we come back. By the way, SC up 85 to 51 
against Kansas. Um, I filled out my bracket this year like many people do. Uh, I might as well just not fill it out. I, I should be banned from filling out a bracket. And uh, the, the one thing that, you know, I, I tried copying Jay Billis a little bit, and then he took San Diego State out in the first round. I'm like, no, 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 going San Diego State to the Sweet 16. They get eliminated in the first round. Um, I got some score updates when we come back. The Rockets have snapped their 20-game losing streak. Our Atlanta Hawks are up 15 to the uh, Los Angeles Clippers. And I want to play some of that interview with Jerry West on Mason and Ireland, um, remembering the great Elgin Baylor, the Hall of Famer. So we'll do all that coming up next. We'll also preview the Lakers and the Pelicans tomorrow. This is uh, Lakers Talk on 710 ESPN. All right, is your vehicle due for service? Head into your neighborhood Valvoline Instant Oil Change, home of the 15-minute drive-through oil change. For over 30 years, Valvoline has provided quick and convenient automotive maintenance services for busy people just like you. No dragging the kids to a dirty waiting room. At Valvoline, you stay safe in your car while the expert technicians make sure your ride is in peak performance. So you literally pull up and you don't have to get out of the car. Uh, Curtis was just there, what, a week and a half ago? week and a half ago, you're getting your oil change from Valvoline? Yeah. Okay, so it, just explain it here. You just pull up. Um, they work on your car. You don't have to get out. Yeah, you don't get out. They top everything off, man. And I was in there may, maybe 15 minutes max, but it was it was so quick. It was painless, and I literally don't have to do anything, so it's, it's always nice. All right, oil changes, tire rotations, transmission care, and more. Just pull up, drive in, and drive out in about 15 minutes. Visit SoCalOilChange.com for location and game-winning coupons. Off your next Valvoline Instant Oil Change. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to JetsPizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jet's signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jet's Pizza. Better because it has to be. All right, if you missed any part of the show, you can go back on the ESPN app or on iTunes. Search Lakers Talk with Alan Sliwa. You'll get the full two hours. Mark Spears was nice enough to share some time with us. He has a a great piece right now on uh, ESPN's The Undefeated. And it's just a great article about Elgin Baylor. It's actually titled Underappreciated Superstar. Uh, So we appreciate his time. Chris McGee came on at uh, 8.30. He was fantastic as well. Does pre- and post-game shows on Spectrum Sportsnet. Um, Let me go back to Elgin Baylor here real quick. So... We obviously lost the legend. Lakers put out a press release earlier today. Uh, this morning is um, uh, when we got the news, the passing of Hall of Famer Elgin Baylor. Uh, passed away peacefully of natural causes today in Los Angeles at the age of 86. Baylor was surrounded by his wife, Elena, and his daughter, Crystal. We had a lot of people from the NBA community uh, sharing their thoughts. And um, someone would who would certainly have a relationship, uh, Jerry West, Joined Mason in Ireland earlier today. I want to uh, play a couple clips from that. Um, here's Jerry West on how special his teammate was and how he made him feel. He was the most special teammate I ever had in my life. Uh, I will never forget his encouragement to me and how he made me feel uh, when I got to be 
uh, a player that was respected in the league also. That was the most important thing. But as I say, a very sad day for me and uh, I'm sure for a lot of people and especially his family. Jerry West, I uh, mentioned on Mason Island, also talked about his relationship after uh, they played together, so off the court. When he was involved with the Clippers, uh, he and I talked a lot and uh, talked about a lot of different things. Um, and frankly, um, how he was treated was beyond belief. Um, uh, you know, as I say, I don't want to get into personalities and mm-hmm. and rehash things that have occurred in the past, but uh, no person that worked in this league should have been treated like he was treated as, a, as an executive. And we talked many times about his frustrations, but uh, we shared a lot more than people would ever know. And even though we were, I guess, when you work with another team, you're supposed to be competitors. I don't believe in that. I wanted them to do well, and, partic- and particularly him. Honestly, I almost feel like I'm at a loss for words today. Um, I've had so many people to reach out, and it's just a horrible, horribly sad day for me. I just... Mm. I just love that person, and I, I, honestly, his play speaks for itself, but he was just an unbelievably kind, nice gentleman. He was a prince among princes. Great stuff there from Jerry West. You could hear Ramona Shelburne on the uh, on the call as well. Um, what no better person to obviously describe uh, Elgin Baylor, and, you know, it, I don't get an opportunity. He played for the Lakers back in 58-71, to 71, was part of the Minneapolis team. Then he was part, obviously, of the Los Angeles team when the team moved to L.A. Uh, 11-time All-Star, 10-time NBA First Team, NBA Executive of the Year for the Clippers back in 2006. Um, my interaction with him, you know, it's interesting. I uh, I was on the business side here at, at 710 for 10 years, and there were a few different times I got to interact with him because he would come out to some of these local casinos and he would do two-hour autograph sessions. You know, we've used a, a couple different former Lakers in Elgin Baylor as nice as they come. I mean, literally as nice as they come. And I'm not even referring to my interaction with him, but just watching him interact with other Laker fans. And, you know, certainly him doing this in his 80s. Um, just a great person. I, I remember also, too, we had Elgin on, it was, I want to say, a day or two after the passing of Kobe. And I had a Lakers talk. Um, you know, Kobe obviously passed on a, on a Sunday. And on a Monday, I want to say it was a Monday that I had Lakers talk. And Elgin uh, joined the show and just was as nice as they come. And, and I think that's the story that a lot of people tell about Elgin Baylor. Uh, Michael tells this story about just the dude on the basketball floor. This guy, I was looking at some of his stats. I mentioned it earlier in the show. Are you kidding me? 60-61, 1960, 34.8 points a game and 19.8 rebounds? Curtis, there's games where I don't think the Lakers have 20 rebounds total as a team. Uh, that's amazing. I mean, just unbelievable. And, and you know, I don't get the opportunity. Um, the players that I watched growing up, Magic was my favorite player. Of course, you look at the Michael Jordans and... Uh, Go down the list of the greats, the Hakeem Olajuwans, the David Robinsons, the Kobe Bryants, the Shaquille Um, O'Neal's. There's an appreciate. I have more of an appreciation towards the players that I watched. But when people tell stories about Elgin Baylor, I'll read this actually from Jeannie Buss. I thought this was great. She said Elgin was the superstar of his era. Um, His many accolades speak to that. 
it's it is uh, unfortunately this comes more at a time when somebody passes where you really um, you know you you appreciate okay well, well, let me see some more highlights of what this guy was doing and there's a reason why he's got a statue outside of Staples Center and the reason why he's got his jersey hanging in the rafters at uh, at Staples as well so um, uh, nothing but love to uh, Elgin Baylor and nothing but love to his family and wish uh, wish all of them nothing but the best and you know obviously our respect to the 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 Baylor family. Um, tomorrow, the Lakers got a game against the Pelicans. So uh, give this a little bit of a preview here. Zion Williamson, Brandon Ingram, um, you know, it, it's not like the it's not like the uh, Pelicans are a powerhouse in the NBA standings or in the Western Conference. That's certainly not the case. It's not going to be. Um, but anytime you don't have LeBron James and you don't have Anthony Davis, you're going to be a team that expects to beat the Lakers. They're 18 and 24. Their last game actually was a win against Denver, who's playing as good a basketball as anybody in the NBA right now. So they did get a win in their last one against Denver. Ingram had 30. Zion had 30. Uh, just kind of shows you the potential that that team has. It's going to be a tough stretch for the Lakers here. I, I don't know how else to put it. I, I could try to pit, spin it as positive as I possibly can, but this stretch coming up for the Lakers. Um, you know, you might say, okay, there's some winnable games here. Philadelphia is coming up on Thursday. That's still a good team without Joel Embiid. Cleveland and Orlando, certainly nothing to uh, to be special about. Orlando's 14 and 28, Cleveland 16 and 27. But you got to kind of put all that aside now. Now you look at this Lakers team; they have literally zero margin for error. And if players that are not typically asked to do much, like KCP, like Wesley Matthews, I'm going to throw in Marcus Gasol, I'm going to throw in Alex Caruso, Markeith Morris. When I say they're not asked to do much, what I mean by that is just got to play your role when LeBron and Anthony Davis or just LeBron is in the lineup. They can have a bad game when we're not really paying attention. All that now gets magnified. You know, Montrez, Dennis Schroeder have to be great. Kuz, teach me, T, uh, Kuz and THT got to give you 15 plus a night. And Kuz, can you throw in seven, eight, nine rebounds in there? THT, can you get four, five, six, seven assists, something along those lines. But it's those other players for the Lakers that are going to be so key moving forward. KCP's got to start hitting his shots. Wesley Matthews got to start hitting his shots. And that's how the Lakers are going to have to you know, survive here while they're in this position. So we'll see how things uh, you know, obviously progress for the Lakers. Um, the one good news I will have is, let's see what that score is on the Clippers game here real quick. 98-91 Atlanta, seven-point lead over the Clippers. Come on, Atlanta. Come on, Atlanta. We could do this together. Uh, if you want more Lakers talk, I'm going to go on ESPN Los Angeles and on Twitter, on YouTube, on Facebook, all our social sites. We're going to go on there. We're going to do this for another uh, half hour or so. LA, thank you as always very much for tuning in. This is Lakers talk. I'm Alan Sliwa on 710 ESPN.